Hey everyone, welcome to the podcast. Uh, Today is very exciting because we have a guest with us. Um, We don't have guests very often, but this is an amazing person who you you may know. (laughs) She is German. She is Russian. Russian. (laughs) She is red-haired, and she's awesome. So I'm really excited that she's with us today. Um, She's going to do a couple podcasts with me, but I wanted to have her talk about something that I love hearing teaching on. I love especially coming from someone that's young and somebody that's doing awesome things for God. But we're going to have her talk today about um, how does someone set themselves apart in the area of purity? And um, basically, yeah, that's my question for you, and you can (laughs) go into detail on that. All right, that was an awesome introduction, and uh, my name is Yana, by the way. Oh, yeah, I didn't even <laughs> say your name. <laughs> it's Yana Pauls. Yeah, Woo! evangelist. Evangelist Yana Pauls. World traveler, yeah. It's amazing to live for the Lord, and uh, one of those things that is absolutely vital to fulfill the call of God on your life is to live a pure and holy life. And that is something that I honestly have never, ever regretted doing is to really protect yourself, protect your purity, protect the blood of Jesus that washed you clean. It's really a way of respecting and honoring what Christ has done for you and the price that you are bought with. It's something that we can never take lightly. And God absolutely honors that. When we keep our lives pure and holy, God will bless us. God will be with us. And Obviously, then we also benefit from all the blessings and promises in the word because you cannot be pure and holy without following God's commands. And those who follow God's commands, they reap the benefits from them. And uh, I think as a young person, many times when people are new to the faith and new to the word of God, they think the Bible is just like a book of rules and God's forbidding everything because he's just uh, strict, controlling power over your life that um, just wants to literally like dominate over you, but that's not right. God is a loving father. And the reason why he gives us restrictions, the reason why he says, do not touch this, do not do this. It's not because he wants to control you, it's because he wants to protect you. And even though like as a teenager, I never got uh, taught, we never had teaching on purity and holiness in the church. And uh, I honestly had no biblical education about it. But yet, at the same time, I knew even from a very young age, 10 years old, 11 years old, 12 years old, going through secular school, um, being confronted with unbelievers all the time, challenging my beliefs, challenging my standards and uh, my morals. Um, One thing that I understood very early, thankfully, is that I'm not following the Bible because I feel that I will be punished or I'm not going to be good enough or fall short. But the main reason why I followed the word of God and live according to the word is because I understood if God is a loving father, he wants the very best for us. He has the best plan for our life. He has the best future. He has the best things prepared. And if we decide 
to do something that will compromise his word, we will not live in the best that God has for us. If you decide to mess around, if you decide to go party, if you decide to go get drunk, if you decide to go and smoke and try all kinds of drugs and whatever, thinking, you know, everybody's doing it, I'm not losing my salvation, you are literally, <laughs> you're making the stupidest decision because if God says something in his word, it's for your benefit and you're choosing something that is for your detriment ultimately. And even if it doesn't compromise your salvation, it will compromise the call of God on your life. It will compromise achieving everything God wants you to achieve. And it will definitely rob you from the blessings that God has for you and from moving literally in the anointing and power that God wants to bestow on your life. And so I'm so grateful, like when, when people would challenge me, I'm like, hey, as a Christian, so that means you won't have sex before marriage. So that means you can't just go out and do this and that. And I was like, yeah, absolutely. And they would always be like, well, we live in the 21st century. Nobody's doing that anymore. And I was like, you know, I don't care what people are doing because I want everything God has for me. And I can't have that if I compromise. And I just always stood up for that. And thankfully, you know, that's something that when I look back to it now, uh, I couldn't be more grateful that um, the Holy Ghost was really the one that empowered me and strengthened me to do it because nobody else around me was doing it. I don't have, I didn't have youth leaders that were encouraging me. I didn't even have friends that would encourage it. As a matter of fact, my church friends were the, one, the ones even challenging me and saying, oh, you can never make it to marriage with, without sleeping with somebody. I mean, they would say the craziest sure. stuff, you know? And I'll be like, what? I mean, you don't just do that kind of stuff on accident. Yeah. You know, you make a decision. <laughs> it's like, oh, my gosh, I can't stay virgin until I'm married. What am I going to do? You know, I always thought it was ridiculous what yeah. people are saying and what they're literally convinced of, like that in this time and age that we live in, it's impossible to stay pure and holy. That's truly what people that believe what nowadays. Yeah. And I think something something that a lot of people believe is that um, basically, if it's not convicting you, then that it's not a sin. And that's actually not true because you can sear your conscience. And I wanted to ask you that. What would you say to someone who says, well, it's not a sin for me. You know, um, sex before marriage is not a sin for me because it doesn't convict me. Listening to this kind of music is not a sin for me. Going to these kinds of places, having these kinds of friends, alcohol, whatever people are going to, you know, fill in the blank. How, what do you say to someone who says, well, I don't believe it's a sin for me because it does not convict me. I think uh, one of the scriptures that talks about it very clearly is in Romans chapter 14, verse 23. The Amplified Version says, But the man who has doubts, misgivings, and uneasy conscience about eating and then eats, perhaps because of you, stands condemned before God because he is not true to his convictions and he does not act from faith. For whatever does not originate and proceed from faith is sin whatever is done without a conviction of its approval by god is sinful and i think a lot of people have um just a very loose definition on sin they don't understand they're actually sinning because they're influenced by what people find acceptable and by what the majority is doing rather than by the word of god and yeah maybe one cigarette is not going to get you to hell yeah maybe one glass of wine is not going to get you to hell but the question is not, am I losing my salvation over this? The question is, would I do this with absolute confidence that this is pure and holy if Jesus would be standing right in front of me? 
And that has always kept me in check. I'm like, Jesus should be more real to you than the people around you. So it doesn't matter if there's pastors and leaders drinking alcohol around you, which I found myself in that situation. And I would say, no, thank you. And they would call me religious. And, you know, at that time, I mean, thank God the Holy Ghost, you know, uh, the one of the fruit of the spirit is (laughs) self-control. And I really had to exercise that at that point. Because I know what alcohol can do to a family. I know what alcohol can do to a marriage. You know, I've experienced that firsthand in my family. And I personally just detest alcohol in general because it doesn't benefit anyone. It's not a benefit to anybody's life. So somebody arguing for it should actually rather be arguing for following the word of God than, you know, anything else. And, you know, people always say, well, Jesus drank alcohol. And I'm asking them, you know, what else are you doing like Jesus? Just drinking alcohol? Are you walking on water? Are you healing the sick and the blind and the maimed? Like, if really you can only arrive in heaven saying, well, I drank alcohol like Jesus did, you know, (laughs) you have a problem, you know. But um, I think ultimately it's like, do you have full confidence? Because everything that does not spring forth from faith and faith is 100% assurance faith is not I think it's okay faith is not saying well I think I'm fine that's not faith faith is 100% assurance that what you are doing is pure and holy and right before God and not people because on that day when we stand before the Lord nobody else is going to be there your pastors your leaders your friends they are not going to be there when you will go through the fire and you stand before the judgment throne and you will have to lay an account and you cannot make the excuse of everybody else was doing it that's not going to fly and one thing that um, I realized you know especially the scripture that is saying that all our works will go through the fire is in 1 Corinthians 3, verses 14 and 15, the Passion Translation says, if his work stands the test of fire, he will be rewarded. If his work is consumed by the fire, he will suffer great loss. Yet he himself will barely escape destruction like one being rescued out of a burning house. And (laughs) I don't want to be that person. I don't want to arrive in heaven like, barely, barely making it with nothing to show for my life, except that I stood up for the fact that I can drink a glass of wine is not a sin. You know, that's not going to be rewarded. It is not going to be rewarded in heaven just doing that, you know. And honestly, ultimately, you know, anybody who asks me that, you know, specifically comes to alcohol and those kind of things, you know, I'm saying, listen, if there's anything you would not give up, it's an idol Mm -hmm. in general, You know, that can be anything. You have to keep yourself pure and holy, you know. And you mentioned earlier, you mentioned music, you know, listening to secular music, just unpure things in general. If you have a problem giving something up for the Lord, then it is an idol in your life. And we all know idolatry is a sin. And again, people do not label those kind of things sin. Mm -hmm. But everything that doesn't stem from faith And faith means that you know exactly you are doing what the Bible says. And the Bible instructs us clearly to live a pure and holy life, to abstain from every unclean thing, to not even touch the unclean thing. And so, you know, people, they always refer you, well, Jesus did this, you know, especially when it comes to alcohol. Well, 
I always, uh, I think this is one thing that really makes this clear, is when an unclean person touched Jesus, like the woman with the issue of blood, usually in the Old Testament, when somebody with a blood problem touched you, you became unclean and you had to go through a washing ritual and you were not allowed to touch anybody. But when that woman touched Jesus, she became clean. And so when you get to that level in your walk, that when somebody touches you and they become clean, they become healed, you know, lepers become clean, skin diseases leave, you know, stuff like that. When, when literally that is happening in your life, then maybe if you put a glass of wine to your lips, it's clean. But ultimately, that's not, that's not what's happening because when you walk in that level of anointing, that when you touch people, they get healed. You don't even want to touch any alcohol. Right. It's, it's yeah. so far removed from you yeah. that you don't even think about it. You literally don't even think about it. Like when you see it, you want to leave the room. Mm -hmm. And so this makes totally no sense to me, that whole argument, you know, well, I don't feel convicted doing it. <laughs> well, are you convinced that you are right now walking in the absolute fullness that God has for you, which the Great Commission is to, first of all, preach the gospel, win the lost, and then do signs and wonders and miracles, lay hands on the sick, cast out devils. When you do that, you know, most of the time that doesn't go together with living a compromised lifestyle. And as a matter of fact, maybe you're not sinning, but that scripture that was talking about doing everything by faith is talking about eating unclean food, which we know is in the Old Testament. But this is something that is actually not that important, like what food you're eating. So if this is emphasized in the New Testament, in the book of Romans, that when what you're eating makes somebody else stumble and uh, sears their conscience, then how much more everything else, how much more conducting yourself pure and holy in everything that you do, who you hang around with, what music you're listening to, what's coming in your ears, what is coming in through your eyes, you know, like protecting yourself from everything else. Because if the Bible emphasizes it's important what you eat, how much more everything else that you do, because it truly affects people. And we are called to be examples in every single thing that we do. Yeah, and I think if you have that stronger conviction, don't be upset because you feel like, man, why is it that everyone around me, you know, it seems like they can do whatever they want and I have this conviction. That's actually a really good thing and it means that God actually wants to pull you up higher, wants you to be able to be used by him in a way um, that that's going to set you apart from other people. And we're going to go more into that on the next one. We're going to talk about the call of God. Yana's going to be with me. Evangelist Yana's going to be with me. And uh, I'm really excited for this next one. But um if you were blessed by this, please share it on Instagram. Share it with somebody. Send it to somebody. We love you guys. We love you when we get to hear the testimonies from you of what God's doing in your life. So we will see you next time. <laughs>